KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Through the annals of American history, when a president is defeated for re-election, usually the party moves on from then. We don't hear much from them in terms of endorsements or direction of the party. That is obviously not the case with Donald Trump and the GOP. Trump, of course, was defeated in 2020 by Joe Biden in the battle for president, yet he has been very active with regards to endorsements, and he's looming over the 2022 election cycle and still very much the standard bearer for the party. We wanted to talk more about this phenomenon and what it could mean, so we reached out to Dr. John Kennedy. He is a professor in the Department of Political Science at Westchester University. Interesting conversation. Give a listen. Before I talk about the specifics of Donald Trump and the his effect on the GOP politicians going forward, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts. I really feel like the last 10 years or so, we have become a society where, yes, there's major elections every two years, but I feel like it's campaign season constantly. There is no end of one campaign beginning of another, it almost feels like we are just perpetually looking towards the next cycle. Number one, I guess, do you agree with that? And it feels to me unhealthy. Would you agree with that? I would agree with both. The latter is, is subjective. The first is, is obvious. And we are, and particularly those of us who are listening to this podcast right now who are interested in politics. Uh, now, we might not be the a majority of the population, but we are inundated today with information which was not available years ago, whether it's uh, cable television or talk radio, or especially, of course, the internet. Uh, you know, everything is today a national story. Everything is a national event. I relay something to my students. I was just mentioning this the other day. Uh, you know, back when I was in graduate school 25, 30 years ago, now this is, this is well, maybe even longer, I don't know, but this is pre-internet. And like, if you were writing a research paper, for instance, there was no such thing as the internet. Uh, you know, I remember writing a paper on U.S. Senate elections in, this, in a particular cycle, I think it was 1990. And, you know, maybe the New York Times, if you're running, maybe throughout the whole campaign season, they might run one article on a, on a race in Tennessee or Idaho or something. You know, people didn't pay much attention. You know, people couldn't identify uh, you know, national, uh, you, know, you know, senators from outside of maybe national leaders, they, they wouldn't be able to you would be identify members of Congress and the senators from the rest of the rest of the country. People didn't pay much attention to that. They didn't have that kind of information. Now everything is national. Uh, if there's a recall election in California, it's a national race. If there's a special election for a House seat somewhere, it, it's, it's a national race. I mean, the benefit is we do have so much at our fingertips. We have so much more information than we than we we would have dreamed about years ago. For those of us who are political junkies who, who enjoy this and, and pay attention to it, uh, I mean, what, what what world you know? Thirty years ago, did a first term congressman or congresswoman become a national political figure like we've seen with you know Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia or or uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez in New York? Who's now, of course, in her second term, but nevertheless, in in the past, these these individuals would not have been, you know, their their their, their articles, their 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 escapades, their media uh, coverage would would never have would never have uh, uh, approached what we have today. So there's no question we have just so much more information. Is it good? There there are some good points to it, but it, it does 
you know, this whole perpetual campaigning, even before the next election is over, uh, the, the discussions, the jockeying has already begun for the next one. It would be nice maybe if we had we took a respite from it and, and just got down to the business of governing and managing our nation's business for a while before we just look at, uh, you know, the next campaign. But, you know, we're, we're in a very polarized political environment, which was not true about 30, 40 years ago. Uh, it's, it's remarkable how how polarized we have become. With regards to the current state of the, the GOP, it is obviously Donald Trump still, even after his election loss, very much at the head of the party. We are seeing him endorse candidates for House races already. We are not even into primary season. We're not even into the calendar year of the elections. And we've already got endorsements, people fighting for endorsements. Have we ever seen this from a former president at this point? I know once you get down to the nitty gritty and get close to election days, you might get an endorsement from a former president if they feel strongly about a candidate. But this kind of blanket fighting for a former president's endorsement and who is happy to give it and be this involved, this is uncharted territory, right? Yes, this is this is unusual. And I, I don't I don't know if it's 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 combination, of course, of, of the uh, some of the opportunities that individuals have today uh, in the press, but I think it's also unique to the to the individual and Donald Trump. You know, if you look historically, when presidents left office, uh, if they were if they were defeated as as President Trump was, uh, they usually faded into relative obscurity. The party tended to move on, such as you know Jimmy Carter or George uh, Herbert Walker Bush. The defeated candidate usually. Um, it usually gets their share of blame from the from those in, in the party who remain. Uh, but that's not the case today. I mean, it is it is even you think of candidates in the past who lost uh, at the presidential level. You know, they tend to fade into obscurity pretty quickly. There's a, there there is an endless appetite of information concerning Donald Trump, President Trump, whether it's on the left or the right. I think a lot of that is unique to him personally because of his persona and who he was before he became president. There was, again, a, a, almost an endless appetite of information about him before he was president 20 years ago in, in his in his television and whatever, his casino dealings and, and tabloid focused uh, persona. So I think this is a bit of an aberration. I, 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 I don't know if. I don't know if this is something we'll see going forward, but you know, I guess that'll that'll play out eventually. The endorsements from Donald Trump in a lot of cases that we're seeing already this early are not necessarily candidates that the establishment GOP would want. So him putting his hand on the scale for candidates this early on, what kind of effect does that have because of the strength he has over the base? That is really remarkable about, you know, your, your question as far as, you know, everything, you know, that's transpired since the election. Again, usually defeated candidates are pushed off the stage by their partisans. They're, they're, they're you know, you know they, they, get, they get their share of the blame. You look back at the, you know, the, the events of January 6th and the aftermath, there was a very brief period when it looked like the Republicans were going to move on. Uh, that lasted maybe two or three weeks. And then beginning with beginning with the, the minority leader McCarthy going down to Mar-a-Lago, you began to see the party come back into the fold and, and rally behind him. 
he did change the coalitions uh, to some degree of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party as well. Uh, uh, you know, reaching out and bringing in many, many more new new voters, tapping into a lot of resentment in parts of rural America, voters who generally had been apathetic and not tended to vote. The negative to that is they also it also flipped a lot of Republican moderate leaning. Uh, suburbanites, and you know, we saw that, and that was ultimately the key to Biden's victory. You know, the Republicans look at him and at this new sort of coalition and these new voters that he's tapped into, and they 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 need them. They want to keep them engaged. Can they keep them engaged without him? Remains to be seen. And that's that goes back to your question: the Trump, you know, reaching out and and, and keeping the Trump voters, those those new voters, uh, tuned in and, and getting out to the polls. While you know, also balancing the potential negative that he brings with it, and you know, we saw that in the Georgia special elections uh, back um, you know earlier this year when you know some of his some of his pronouncements about you know not you know, voting doesn't matter and such probably wasn't exactly what uh, former majority leader of the Senate uh, Mitch McConnell really w- w- wasn't really the message he had he wanted wanted out there so. You know, we see this going on now in Georgia. He, you know, the former president was in Georgia in the last, you know, in the last week or so, and you know, gets on stage, and you know, some of the leaders of the state, from the governor to the secretary of state, you know, didn't buy into some of some of his uh, charges uh, of, of uh, election being rigged and such. And uh, you know, he gets on stage and you know, proclaims that maybe maybe electing Stacey Abrams as a Democrat as governor is, is, is the way to go. <laughs> well, that's that's you're playing with political fire there uh, from a Republican standpoint. And, and it, there's a there's a threat now that there's going to be a schism down the whole party line between those who are uh, closely aligned with Trump and, and those who are, are, are more let's say, ambivalent towards his prospects. I think you bring up a good point, specifically Georgia, because the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, basically Brian Kemp has been all in on Donald Trump, with the exception of overturning Georgia's election to give those electoral votes. So does it hit a point where, because there there's no middle ground really in Trump's eyes with regards to your loyalty to him, any point you take or even signal to take an off-ramp, you're done. Does that hit a critical mass within a party? We won't know that until uh, we, we, we have, an, uh, really, the midterm, fact is. Uh, you know, we have some elections coming up, gubernatorial races in Virginia and New Jersey this year. And for the most part, how how far that goes will be determined uh, in November of 2022. And the Republicans, I don't think, I mean, that's pretty clear. There's not going to be a major abandonment of, of the former president at this point. If it does happen, it's not going to happen until they see it in their interest to cut them loose. And right now, uh, you know, again, you know, going back to what I mentioned earlier, you know, the whole, you know, fraudulent claim of all these elections being stolen and overturned, you know, overturning the results and such, you know, they they they've kept the they've kept the message alive that you know he didn't really lose. So you know, he's not he's not George Herbert Walker Bush. He's he's not Jimmy Carter because he really won. And, you know, you have you know, maybe 40 percent of the population and a large percentage of Republicans who believe that. So that's that's what sort of puts him in a, in a totally different uh, lane than, than previous former presidents, because they're believers after their defeat. 
didn't think it was stolen from and that, you know, that he's going to be somehow maybe even reinstated. Uh, if you listen to, you know, a certain pillow salesman uh, sometime later this year, but I think it was supposed to be last month, but. Yeah, well, now it's November, but that's a different eternal. that's a different discussion for a different <laughs> podcast. But so much of what Trump pushes people to believe, not pushes, forces people to believe in order to get his endorsement is just false. It's tangibly false. I'm just curious what that does to the quality of candidate. And even in these polarized times, we're sure. seeing a, some real race to the bottom stuff. And I wonder at what point a party as a whole says, you know, as important as his endorsement and he is to us, we're starting to put people up that I don't think can win, even in favored, hyperpolarized electorates. Do you see that coming into play at all? I, I see that as the only way that the Republican Party would be able to move on from him. In that is if he, he ultimately they, they see that it's not in their favor, not in their interest anymore, because, you know, let's face it, a lot of we, we know a lot of these you know Republican, you know, some of them even establishment, so-called establishment Republicans, they, they know they understand what's going on. But, you know, they're 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 you know, they say they're, they're reaping the whirlwind and, uh, and and, you know, sooner or later, they're, they're going to have to decide whether it's in their interest to get off or not. And. That's not that ha we haven't arrived at that yet. You know, you would have thought maybe January 6th may have been may have been the time. Uh, and for a brief, a brief moment, it looked like it might happen. But that has that has certainly turned on space recently. And I, I don't see any sign of it abetting, at least until the midterm. It, it's going to take defeats in places like Ohio, uh, in Georgia. And, you know, some of these battleground states and, and these competitive races going forward until there, sort of there is a, a noticeable backlash. I don't see the Republican Party abandoning because the, until the voters do and Republican voters haven't. They still see him as a victim. Uh, his grievances, you know, they're, they're still they're still buying it. And unfortunately, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's going to take for that to change in this environment. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.